Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from Planet Altea, I'll be your emperor, Dave Drumbore. Joining me as always, my co-host, Sean, Beastman, Deathblack, Ellis. How's it going, buddy? Uh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about are yourself? You, are you okay? Because you legally changed your name to this, and I'm a little concerned. It was a little bit of a process. I'm really glad that I was able to just to fill out the paperwork and get those forms submitted on time. It, I was less concerned about the um, you know, bureaucracy and more about your state of mind and wondering if like three weeks of Voltron discussion has made you a, a darker person. Well, I'll say this. Ever since I've updated my LinkedIn profile, I've been getting a lot of hits. Interesting. From like, oh, no, wait. Let me, let me rephrase that. Yeah, I've, been getting a hit. I've been getting hit by people a lot. Because they were like, that was a dumb idea. Oh. And I was like, only time will tell. And they're just like, I'm pretty sure that this is not going to look good on a tombstone. I'm checking out your page, though, and you've got a lot of like uh, verifications. People are checking in on your, uh, your status. They say you're, like, you've been verified as like a planet destroyer and yeah. uh, an enslaver of races. You've got a lot of verifications for this. I mean, I guess that's good. There's a guy on here. His name's, what's his name? Emperor uh, Dibazal, I believe his name is. Yeah, Dibazal. He was a good reference. Oh, okay. So, you know, and I work as a consultant. So, I mean, it makes sense that I've just been destroying planets. Yeah. I mean, you got to, you know, spread your wings, <laughs> I guess, a little bit out there. Uh, well, you know, I should introduce the lovely lady that's to my right. I hear you have a plus putting, one. Putting, who is putting finger guns in her mouth right now <laughs> and trying to blow her head out while we're going through this. Who's your plus she, one tonight? She is our space cat. We have uh, Melanie Jaga. Parker. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back, Yaga. I'm a space cat. Space cat. <laughs> space cat is an alternate name for um this Voltron series that we're going to talk about tonight. We're actually going back <laughs> to the original original. And Mel, I'm very curious before we get into it, what is your experience? What has been your exposure to the Voltron franchise from the get go? I just I just want to make sure that before I say this that any hardcore Voltron fans sit down. But I was always convinced that Voltron was actually a part of the Transformers universe. I mean, I can understand it. Yeah, I thought that Voltron was like Bumblebee or whatever the fuck that other thing is called. (laughs) I love that you've just... The one that doesn't have a voice in the Michael Bay (laughs) franchise. He's got just a radio lodged in his throat. I love that you insulted two mega nerd franchises in one sentence there. (laughs) I tried to uh, let people down as much as possible. No, that's really fantastic. I love. I actually goal. like having people in that um, don't have a background or familiarity with the the shows and the series that we talk about, because then they can give us like an honest reaction, <laughs> especially as not like an eight year old kid. I don't think we've had an eight year old kid on the show yet. Just me and Sean. We need one yet. Now, legally, yet. I don't think we're allowed to have one up this late. So yeah. 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 And then visually, I like upon. I, I've definitely seen images of. Of like the dudes in their suits and stuff, and I got—I think I got them confused with Speed Racer, which is also really offensive. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and I'm not even saying wow is like how could you possibly make that that get that confused? I'm saying wow like that actually makes a lot of sense, <laughs> right? And I love and I really enjoy Speed Racer, so as a fan of that, I you know I was just like. Oh, that's interesting. I guess maybe I just haven't seen enough of it. And as a fan of Speed Racer, did you watch from episode to episode, Melanie, thinking, when are they going to fight? When is he going to race those five fucking lions? When is that car (laughs) going to turn into a lion? (laughs) I was waiting patiently. I know. She was watching Mask. 
Look, I'll, I'll tell you what. One thing Speed Racer has over this series, at least their freaking uniforms match their vehicles. Oh, it's true. We've been griping it's about true. this for three weeks now, so I think we'll, we're almost over it. Let us just get through this episode and we'll be fine. Uh, we are talking Voltron tonight, but we're actually talking pre-Voltron. We're going to be talking Beast King Go Lion, which was, as you remember from a couple of weeks Ooh. ago, this was the original Source series that Voltron was hacked and edited and sort of massaged into to become what it was. But this is the original, and this is the first time I've ever watched it. Sean, how about you? This is the first time I'd ever watched this as well. And the first time uh, for Melanie too, right? Uh, no, I've watched this my whole <laughs> she, life. She's been, Guys. grew up with it, man. <laughs> and still confused it with Speed Racer and Charles Bowl. <laughs> but no, this is great. So it's the first time we all watched it, so we're, we're going to give you guys a really fresh take on um, our reaction to it. But first, I'm going to turn it back over to Sean. He's going to give you a brief history of where this series came from. Yes, yes. So Beast King Go Lion, otherwise known as Hayaku Jo Gorion, the King of Hundred Beasts Go Lion, is a Japanese super robot anime television series. The animation from Go Lion was edited and trimmed to create the lion version of the U.S. Voltron Defender of the Universe series with new names and dialogue, as well as several plot changes. In 2008, Go Lion was released on Region 1 DVD in three volumes. And thank God it was. You can actually Ooh. just kind of find it online, which is what we did for this one. Yeah, it's just on YouTube. Yeah. And it's actually, it's in like its original Japanese too, with subtitles, which is much more than the producers they had back in 1984. Mel, go. So I, a quick question, again, never having seen Defender of the Universe. Sure. Mm -hmm. So did they literally just take the film footage or the, uh, the cartoon footage of this and they like cut it up and then dubbed it in English and like completely so, redid it. Yeah, well, let me let me answer that by saying that there's a guy named Peter and a guy named John who purchased <laughs> not, this. Not franchise. the guys from the New Testament. It doesn't go back that far. <laughs> okay, oh, correct, okay, correct. Just clarify. Uh, there were two guys uh, that purchased the rights to this series, and then they were not able to. They evidently, for some unbeknownst reason, didn't decided not to translate this in any way, shape, or form to understand any of the dialogue or any of the context. And just watching visually what was going on, they filled in the plot and cut it for the American version based off of those assumptions. So it's Dragon Ball Z abridged if they just made that a show, like a real show. Kind of, yeah. It's, it's, almost, it's almost worse than that. I mean, I guess that's a pretty good parallel because there was a lot of violence in the original Dragon Ball Z and stuff that they kind of cut out, but... The Dragon Ball Z Kai, is that what you're talking about? Like the abridged version? No, of there's, oh, a, uh, there's a parody of Dragon Ball Z, and I'll just keep it short because it's not on topic, but sure. a, a parody of Dragon Ball Z that is over less episodes where they cut out a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the middle stuff, and they just sort of give you like the blow by blow, but they are dubbing it. Like they dub it in English, and it's ridiculous, and, it and actually, it's hilarious. It actually turns out that some of the guys that are dubbing it actually are, they work for the American company that translates and does a lot of that voice work oh it's funny uh, in the states and so they are very very familiar with the the original source and content material and so the goal for them is just to trim it down as much as possible and really kind of get to the meat of the series without the 15 episodes of goku waiting Powering for a spirit up. bomb a skin yeah. bomb and so yeah skin bomb, <laughs> waiting for that skin bomb <laughs> well we'll send y'all a link so you can go look at it yourselves but it but feels very similar to the, it, i think that's ridiculous this, it sounds like something that a couple kids on youtube would put together yeah so this, this is, is like actually, the opposite of that that sounds yes, like something exactly. that's actually like well thought out and, and well produced yeah so this is actually this dave's 100 percent correct this is the opposite 
So the <laughs> Dragon Ball Z abridged version is Go Lion. And then these guys purchased it right. and created Dragon Ball Z by editing in all gotcha. of the unnecessary crap that everybody's like, are you, how long are you going to scream for, bro? <laughs> like, gotcha. okay. you've got to have lungs of, of magic. Like, that's impressive. Mm. Like, so it was, okay. uh, it's all that stuff put in there. So, so here's the thing. So this will kind of help to clarify what this show was actually about if you've got Voltron on the mind. Because there's a lot of different things that happen. We're going to go through the sort of first four introductory episodes of this new series, but for me, I only got to watch the first one, and it is, like, drastically different from the first episode we watched of Voltron. Oh, man. It's crazy. So let's get into it a little bit. So Go Lion's story is set in 1999, which is hilarious to begin with, <laughs> when the planet Altea is subdued and enslaved by the Galra Empire. Five space pilots return to Earth to find the planet annihilated by thermonuclear war. All right, I'm in the second sentence of the synopsis, and it's already a drastically different show from the one we just watched. Oh, boy. Eventually, the explorers are captured and enslaved and forced to fight for their lives in Emperor Daibazal's arena. The young pilots escape and eventually land on the planet Altea, where they discover the secret of mighty sentient robot Golion, the only weapon powerful enough to defeat Emperor Daibazal's forces. Thousands of years ago, Golion was an arrogant robot who, now hold on for this one because this is crazy. This is the, this is the best. Mm -hmm. Who, after defeating several beastmen, tried to challenge the goddess of the universe in battle, but failed. For Go Lion's hubris, the goddess taught him humility by separating him into five pieces in the form of five lion robots, or robot lions, that sailed through space and crash-landed on Altea to lie in wait for those who would one day reawaken him to fight evil once again. Holy shit. Just yep. reading that synopsis, I was just like, where has this show been for 30 years? Why have I been wasting my time with Voltron? Bobby yeah. Anthem, this is when you come back into the show and you listen to this hour and then you join us as we watch Beast King Go Lion, and then you never watch Voltron again. <laughs> if you miss this, Go Lion tried to fight God. <laughs> he was like, tried I, to destroy God. He said, I'm a giant robot machine thing. I beat up all the beast men who are giant and flying through space for some reason. There's like a big bat creature, whatever. I killed him. I'm going to go fight God now because it's all I got left to do. God's a big chick. He says, knock that shit off. I'm going to split you into five robot lion pieces, and you're going to go chill for a while. <laughs> the end slash beginning. It's the craziest happens, thing ever. That's what happens when you try to fight a lady. Yeah, lady goddess. Yeah. You end so, up totally undone. His hubris. So, you know, his robot if hubris. If you're rolling into an IHOP somewhere, anywhere mm -hmm. in the continental United States around 4 o'clock in the morning looking to get pancakes, and all of a sudden a woman starts a fight with you, A, don't engage in that fight. No. But B... Make sure that you pull out your phone and you film that. That's something I'm going to want to watch on YouTube later. Yeah. After I'm done watching Go Lion, because it's so good. Definitely don't pick that fight, because she's going to dismember you and leave you in the trunk of like a Corolla somewhere. Yeah, it's the best good. possible not, scenario that's going to happen. Not good, guys. No, it's not good. Not lions. You're not made of lions. Here's a bio <laughs> biology fact for everyone tonight. You are not made of five lions. Sorry to break it to you. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so upset that I took a drink when you said I know, that. I'm disappointed. I timed it. So Wait, with that in mean... mind, <laughs> let's get into this one. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the story itself, though, let's talk about this theme song. Because let's talk about it. If, if you remember back to the original one that Sean and I talked about, it was basically just kind of like one really cool synth porn moment, like heralding something awesome about to happen, but it was surrounded by a, a bunch of useless narration, which was right. just exhausting. So let's talk about this one. Uh, Mel, it sounded like you had some, some thoughts on the theme song. So, so I've had some, now that I've listened to the theme song four times yeah. in a row, I've had some varied thoughts about it. The first thought that I had about it was, 
that this sort of felt like if you closed your eyes, it was a Japanese Xanadu. Mm. Okay. Like it's got this 70s disco, um, but like really happy. We all love and are going to try to have sex with each other feeling. I like and it. then I like it. I like where you're going. But with then this. once I started listening, because they come up with this, you know, um, one and one plus and one, one plus, plus, plus one, one plus whatever. One. Then it's like, oh, they're going to get to five. It's going to be great. <laughs> I feel like I've referenced the song before in the past, but it made me think of that song. Um, uh, what's it called? Yatta? Yeah, it made me think of Yatta. G R Double E Double E N Leaves. <laughs> and then like the whole feeling. Yatta. Yatta, Yatta. And so like it really uh it really made me think of that as well. Kind of like a nice combo too. Yeah. Okay. No, it was great. I definitely thought of Yatta while I was watching this. So it was weird because they intro everything with like this robot lion that's fighting God and then is split into five separate lines to go chill out on Earth. And then they just go to this kind of like poppy peppy kind of fun little little song that just introduces yeah. the five guys their lions and and voltron fighting in space it doesn't have all of the terrible uh cuts and fades the rolodex that the original yeah. that the, the rolodex fade it doesn't have that so i mean that's a bonus in and of itself by virtue of leaving that out yeah definitely uh anything else on the theme song i just thought it was fun it was a cool one to listen to the outro is pretty decent too it's yeah. very just standard japanese anime stuff but it was a lot of fun no. I think I, I, I enjoyed okay. this in more of a way than I enjoyed the, the original Voltron. Yes. Because I, I felt like this was an actual theme song yes. that, like you said, it had sort of that, that 70s kind of like, you know, positive vibe. And it, it kind of built you into something that is supposed to be a fun show, you know. And, and I feel like that momentum was lost in the original Voltron, but it was retained for Go Lion. And so I appreciated that. Yeah, the only thing I, I missed in this one was that horn section. That's right. Did you, did you miss the, the, the weird, distorted Defender of the Universe? Well, at the very end Defender of the Universe. No, I did not miss that. Yeah, I didn't miss that. One of these days, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to download a voice modulator on this, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. But oh, it is no. not this day. All right. <laughs> so let's dig into the characters a little bit. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on them because they are essentially the same ones that we've already talked about for two episodes now. They really keep the yeah. traditional characters together. Except remember, this is like the traditional Japanese characters with the traditional Japanese names and their original personality. Now, they're all in the same color uniforms that you come to know because it's all the same footage. Um, and they also pilot the same multi-discolored lines, which drives us crazy. Driving me crazy. But just real briefly, we'll kind of go through them. So we've got Akira Kagane, and he is nicknamed Chief, and he's the leader. So he's the guy that wears, he's Keith from the Americanized version, right? So he's wearing the red uniform and piloting the black line. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of all we got going there. Um, these guys are, are, just for the characters themselves, they're more developed than the American version would let them be. You could just tell from the first episode by itself, Sean had mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago that he likes when the teams are kind of all together to begin with because you know they have this sense of uh, this camaraderie, this, this teamwork that they have. You know that they've got each other's backs and that you don't have to like, watch them kind of struggle to work together as a team. You already know that they're, they're there and they're going to watch out for each other. And this definitely came through pretty strongly, I think, in this first episode, way more than it did in the Americanized version. Right. Um, so each of these, these kind of personality profiles comes through a lot stronger. Um, you want to talk about, so have, you want to talk about quiet? We, yeah. 
Right. We have a uh, Takashi Shiragane, um, mm-hmm. who pilots the blue lion and wears the black uniform. And he is the version of Sven right. that we have that uh, eventually dies. Yeah, and then, the and then Akira uh, Kagane was based on Japanese word for gold, so Shiragane is actually based on Japanese word for silver. And if you remember to our discussion last week for the new Netflix series, Voltron Legendary Defender, the guy in the black uniform is actually named Shiro instead of Sven, and this is why Shiro has that name, because he's actually named after oh. the original Japanese character. Yeah. Fun, fun fact. It's yeah. nice. I like that. It's pretty nice. They've actually, they did a, a good job, like we talked about, they, they did a good job of kind of melding sort of the best parts of both series to something that is sort of in between the two. But yeah. I want to I wanna hope and, and, and think that, fingers crossed, that Voltron in the new Netflix series still, still attempts to fight God. Uh, I guess we'll find out. <sighs> Killing me, Dave. Killing me. <laughs> uh, so, Mel, uh, do you want to take us through Moody a little bit? How do you feel about Moody? So, Moody is... Mm, here we go. You got it. Asamu Kyogane? Yeah, we'll go with that. I'll go with that. So, Asamu pilots the red lion and wears the blue uniform. I'm so, like, my spine is, like, it just, tingling it right me. now. It just drives me crazy. Yeah, it really... It's like uh, the American lion. He's the American... It's the American <laughs> lion. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also moody as fuck, so it totally makes sense. That's right. <laughs> just like America. Yeah. This is, the, this is the, like, Lance version that everybody else knows. So he's kind of the ladies' man character, the sword of second-in-command. Uh, Kurogane, based on the Japanese word for steel. Still same, same handsome quaff with a mullet in the back. That's right. Still rocking it's like it. The, Can't it's get like, enough. <laughs> it's like the opposite of what a mullet should be. It's just party everywhere. Uh, <laughs> so now we come to Suyoshi Sato. Uh, whose yeah. nickname is Hothead. This is, of course, Hunk. This is the, the, the big guy, the kind of dopey guy. Um, he's always eating. He's always involved with food. And uh, to Sean's point a couple episodes ago, Sean said it wasn't really like a yellow line and a yellow suit. It was more kind of orangey or some sort of like metallic yellow color. So right. Sato is actually based on the Japanese word for bronze. So that makes a lot more sense with his, uh, his kind of color scheme. So that's mm-hmm. Tsuyoshi. I will say this, that for the, the voice acting, the, the biggest thing that we've made fun of so far yeah. is that, you know, for, uh, for Takashi, uh, Shirogane, you know, Seven having this, this, this kind of very weird talk every time and understanding how it is, because in the American version, he's Norwegian. Which makes zero sense. It's zero sense. And in, in Hothead that we have here, you know, had like this really kind of like forced, almost like sounding like hernia yeah. going to the bathroom voice act voice actor voice. that was behind it yeah. and it is terrible at least in these you know in addition to this is sort of rolling into nickname shorty uh hiroshi uh suzushi um for shorty he is obviously he is what pidge would have been right and in the the green uniform thank god piloting the green lion because <laughs> at least that matches the hell up other than driving me up the fucking wall but the voice actor that they had for Pidge was, was such a high, nasally, nasally voice. And with these voice actors, at least it was just regular people voice acting these things. Right. It didn't seem like they were trying to play into some garbage trope that John and Peter, yeah, that's right, you heard me, I'm yeah. calling you out, John You're and Peter, that they had created for, uh, for these different characters in order to kind of stress, I guess, maybe some of the further differentiation that they had between the characters, but ultimately just making them laughable in the way that they speak. 
it was it was pretty much like the Americanized version was just a straight up cartoon, and it was like these guys didn't understand that the Beast King Go Lion version was not cartoonish at all. It was really serious right. and really dark and uh, super violent. And they got that the violent was violence wasn't going to fly in America, but they missed the part where it's like, oh, this isn't like a Looney Tunes cartoon where it's just like violence, but everything's fun and silly. It's like serious stuff. So thankfully, the Japanese version, like the voice acting, was a lot more professional. Um, and this description actually explains Pidge, well, Pidge as we know him, as 12, which makes somewhat more sense, even though most 12-year-olds probably couldn't jump 50 feet in the sky and grab a vulture by its talons. But, you right. know. Yeah, whatever. S- still sexually ambiguous as <clears throat> hell. <laughs> I yeah, just what? What? How do you how do you feel about Shorty, Mel? You like Shorty? <sighs> you get Shorty? I can't get Shorty. Can't get Shorty. I can't. I can't get with Shorty. You can't get why with is Shorty, Shorty wearing a headband. Can we just talk about it? Let's like, talk about the headband. What is this beret. pixie? This pixie fairy haircut <laughs> and a headband. <laughs> Like, I'm cool with it if he wants to express his feminine side. That's fine. Whatever. I'm down. But I gotta confuse the shit out of us. And them kids. Confused and it kids has, everywhere. Like, his animation has, like, these cute little wings. These, like, cat-eye wings on the side of... Like, it's very feminine. Why? He's tiny. We get he's a child. He's 12. He hasn't, hasn't figured out what's going on yet, I guess. Oh. I don't know. Uh, his name, Suzuishi, is based on a Japanese word for tin. So I did not realize that there was like this metallic kind of uh, background to everything. Everybody's got kind of like an element or a, a different metal. Kind of interesting. It's fun for a robot show. It's fun for robots. So <laughs> I also didn't know that the princess in this one wasn't named Allura. Because apparently in the American version, they were like, Oh, because she's alluring. No, her name's Allura. Because puns. <laughs> but in this one, her name is Princess Fala. Which I don't know what Fala has. Just gonna call her uh, Princess Falafel. Princess Falafel. Delicious. Princess Falafel. Oh, come on. Delicious Falafel. She's only 16, and she's she's raised by. How how did they pronounce this guy's name again, Sean? Rybel? It was uh, Rybel. Now, this was Koran slash Koran. Yeah, in the previous episodes, and now we've got Rybel. So it's pretty much the same cast of characters. They're a little bit more professional. This go round for Go Lion. Um, And they're more developed and the relationships amongst all of them is quite a bit better than the other one. It's not quite as two-dimensional and cartoonish. And it's because the stakes are a lot higher and the thematic material is a lot more adult, mature, and serious. And, and there's actual stakes yeah. in this, this program. Like they're, they're act- You actually feel like they are in a, a threatened situation or position mm-hmm. where their lives are at risk. As opposed to Voltron, where it sort of felt like, yeah, don't worry, we're going to stumble ass backwards into these five lions. And this one, it actually seemed like, in some cases, they kind of earned it. Yeah, and I mean, right, right out of the gates, one of the things that I complained about in the first episode of Voltron was that, you know, our Voltron force happened upon a planet that was decimated by, um, you didn't know what. It just looked like it, it had been laid to waste by, you know, nuclear explosions or just like really bad fire or just kind of all kinds of <clears throat> military activity. And they were just like, oh, everybody's safe and sound in their underground bunkers and everything's fine. This episode, however, takes quite a different tack. And I mean, it's just, it's crazy to begin with because all the things you see in Voltron Defender of the Universe, the ships that you see, the planets that you see, they're all different. It's all the same yeah. footage, but it's all described differently. What they say is planet Eris is actually Earth. What they say is 
a um like an alliance fighter ship is actually a uh one of Zarkon's ships that they happen to like steal and are like basically now pirates on. It's crazy how much stuff is different. Like that completely blew my mind how much hmm. has actually changed from the original series. A lot of the the back and forth that I criticized the show so heavily about, uh, with going from the Voltron Force to the Galaxy Garrison right. to our our bad guys and and sort of each step of the way, all they were doing is recapping exactly the same conversation that happened ten to fifteen seconds previous. Right. There's very little of that. No, it's because they don't need to do that because there's actual like serious stuff happening. Right. So again, for this first episode, this one was called um, the Japanese version. We'll just stick with that for tonight. Was Escape from Slave Castle. All right, Escape from Slave Castle. That's what we're starting with for this first episode for a show for kids. So, Mel, what was your what were your first impressions of this when you started this series up after you know? Voltron's done fighting the, the goddess of creation and getting split into five pieces after all that. So we happen upon this castle with these ugly MFers, and they are like, cool, we're enslaving all of these beings that we've just captured. And they are like, the, it, the dark shit just begins. Yeah. They start whipping these guys, like violently whipping them. And then they're like being marched off, and you kind of don't know where they're going. And then we get um, into a into a realm that's there's a lot of like really Greek and Roman elements to this show, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that kind of holds over into you know regular Voltron, but no, no, not, not at, at all. all. I guess any anytime you but, have to ask yourself, hey, this is interesting. I wonder if it's in that other series. The answer is invariably <laughs> the no. Is no. So, so all these people that have, or these uh, be, you know, different peoples that have been captured by, I'm just going to call him Diabesis because I can't remember his <laughs> he name. Got, he got the Diabesis. Di- He's got the Diabesis. Emperor Wilfred Brimley got the Diabesis. <laughs> Diabizal. Diab- just call him, Bizal, call him Whatever. Diabesis. Call I'm calling him Diabesis. Diabesis. So, so Diabesis has got him, has got all these slaves. And what, they, what he does with the slaves is he makes them all fight each other in these rings. And all the people, Diabesis' people, are like, like they're drawn to insanity watching these, these, like, these different beings fight the death black beast man. Which it's is really a bloodlust. Like it's, they're oh, it's, a, it's, it's like a bloodlust, like, sex frenzy, it seems like, yeah, for, crazy. in some cases. It is straight up gladiator. Oh, yeah. And I love the yeah. I love the one throw well, it was kind of a throwaway line where one of the slave masters is like, take the ones who survive to to fight again and the ones who are too weak, throw them to basically like the grinder and turn them into food for the rest of the slave. Yep. What? Slave stew. Slave That's really stew. what they call it. Yeah. And not just called it, like they showed it, they served oh, it. Oh yeah. There's like guys bones they're, they're and... really big on recycle, reuse, reduce there. <laughs> <laughs> the three R's of Slave Planet. Yeah. They have they have regular just rubbish, they have cans and bottles, mm-hmm. and then they just have arms and legs. Yeah. Torsos go over here. The torsos usually tend to have a lot of just organs in them, so you're not gonna eat those organs. So just arms and legs. And heads just tend to have a lot of mass in it, so Human head weighs eight pounds, Dave. Let's Look, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Emperor Diabesis really has like a, a, a well-oiled <laughs> machine running. Oiled with the he blood does. of his slave workers, but it's still a well-oiled machine. Well, when you have the death black beastman who, with one hand, can literally make a man explode. That was amazing. That was insane. When that dude's eye flew out. 
I know. Did you see that? Yeah. I rewound yeah. that and watched it. Like, did that just happen? There's, there's one point where they just show the, the bedlam that has occurred on the battlefield. Yeah. And it's just some dude's arm just severed from, like, from the rest of his body yeah. just hanging. It's like a scene from Saving Private Ryan or Band of Brothers. Yeah, like, some sort yeah. of military epic. There's just gruesome yeah. battlefield scenes of people like just drug with like half of their body on one side and another half on the other. And you're just like, this is a kid's cartoon. Yeah. This, oh Peter God. and John bought this and then sanitized the shit out of it. It's no wonder nothing was left. Damn. Like sanitized as in like dumped in a bucket of bleach. Yeah, just bleach and just scrubbed all the bloody parts out of it. Because even, mm. so there's that one point, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to get to the part where the, the guys uh, are on the ship yet because we haven't yet. No, We yeah. didn't meet our Voltron force yet. So all this stuff is going on Literally mm-hmm. the first probably five, ten minutes, the first third of this first episode is dedicated just to the bad guy. It's mm-hmm. one of these right. weird series where we're introduced briefly to the hero, um, but then a major part of the, the episode is dedicated to the bad guy. So you're watching all these slave masters whip and beat and grind up and murder and destroy like they're all these slaves. And then you also get to cut to Emperor Diabetes. Which Mel, I know, is your favorite. So if you have more on him, he's my favorite. Yeah. I just want to be—I just want to make sure that the viewers get. And again, not knowing what they know about the original Voltron, sure. the picture of his court, yes. if you will. So Diabetes has this advisor who looks like. So Diabetes also has a very particular look about him. Yeah. He kind of looks like a frogman situation, frog right? Like a like a frogman um, alien situation. Yeah. And so he has an advisor who is like a darker, darker, darker purple version of him with a hood up, and then my favorite, Demon Cat. Demon that Cat. Sits on his lap. Jaga. And the Demon Cat can, like, see things. Oh, that Demon Cat can do a lot. The Demon Cat does a lot of stuff, lot. but the two of them are sort of psychically connected yeah, and can, she, like, she's see she's like a She's like a familiar for a witch kind of thing. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good parallel. Like that, that their their relationship is actually really cool in the uh, sanitized American version. So I would love to see what kind of crazy shit they get up to in this one. We we can talk more about oh, that good. when we get there. It's nuts. Um. So then we've got and then we've got like a lieutenant commander right. who has like a fake eye or not make a fake eye. But he's got like a little yeah. He's got like zoop. a patch kind of thingy. Patch zoop. Patch zoop. Down. Yep. Little patch Adams on his arm. Patch yep. Adams. <laughs> Uh, so I just wanted to make sure that we had we had those players in play. Yeah, the, the cool we... thing is, if you guys have watched Voltron, pretend you never listened to a word of it, you can at least get the visual of what's going on. But this is like the real shit behind the scenes. This is like the real story of what's been going on. Yeah. So then, yeah, so we have him kind of like holding court. He's got all his like robot Nazi minions kind of lined up and like saluting him and zig heiling him and all kinds of stuff and everybody's like wow you're like super great and we get like man there's like so many cool slaves and stuff and we've even got some like earth slaves hanging around there's like five dudes from earth that are just like yo i just mm-hmm. wanted to be slaves and hang out here so we got that going that's true you want to talk about them earth slaves real quick you know i think that this was this was the moment for me that was really interesting and differed a lot from the original series yeah. so if you remember in the original voltron defenders of the universe they the five uh, space explorers that we have, mm. uh, they have decided that they are going to break out of uh, of this enclosure of the of captivity, and yeah, and up to this point, you haven't even seen them. This is the first right. time you see them when they're already right. captured. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it, at this point, uh, they 
in the American version, in the sanitized version, they have decided that they're going to do it, and they're just like, we just have to wait until dark. Right. And you're just like, okay. And then a guard walks up to the gate in the U.S. version and goes, oh, they're sleeping. We won't want them to fight tonight. They'll be better fighters in the morning. And then just kind of walks away. <laughs> just let them get their what? rest. <laughs> oh, and like, and I bet me, if they get some more vitamins in them, they really are going to fight like hell tomorrow. They get some more <laughs> slaves, too. But like that was for me. That was like this. That was like the moment of failure. If I, if I had to look at anybody who fucked up the American version, I was like, yeah, it was that guy. He could have like opened up the gate and made them go fight yeah, tired. To the and death. The whole series would have been done. Episode one. Yeah. Like end of end of series. Bad guys win. But it, Sorry. Instead. Maybe next time. But in but in the original Go Line version, it's just a guy who kind of looks in on them and sees that they're all sleeping. Doesn't say a word. He's like, I'm just doing my rounds. Yeah. How do I know? I'm working leaves and then they all kind of spring into action like we're breaking out of here right like yeah one and haven't they already fought at this point because they're all sort of talking about like isn't it crazy that we've all survived this well they they come back and here's a crazy thing i just remembered from the original they come back they're all scraped up they can see the arena so they're like watching other people Mm -hmm. basically get like torn apart dumped into the slave stew where these these monster beast killer men are like eating like fairly like barely cooked raw limbs of human beings they're just like are just gnawing stuff off the bone and they are just pulling oh, just pulling just meat pulling off like a turkey muscle leg and sinew yeah Ugh. like a turkey leg at a renaissance fair exactly and it's amazing and they're just there's like to, like um sternums with like rib meat still attached to it just like mm-hmm. laying everywhere uh mm-hmm. it's one of the most Good gruesome pickings. things i've ever seen but it's great but yeah to mel's point these guys have all fought and they've survived the the day of fighting because they come in they like roll their sleeves up they're all scratched up marked up They've got a slave tattoo, which was mentioned in the original one, but it's just, they just kind of roll their sleeves up and they're like, yeah, these guys tattooed me. I'm not going to, I'm going to make them pay for that. And they're like, yeah, they, was, they uh, tattooed was, me too. But in this, it was hunk. It was hunk. <laughs> it was and like, they tattooed me. <laughs> I can't do it. Cause I'll actually like mess my pants. So I just let Sean do it. <laughs> but in this one, it's like, it's marked more like these guys are like literally slaves and they're being forced to basically fight to the death and they've been marked. They've been marked with, with tattoos, which is just crazy. And they gloss over it in the original one. You don't really know what's going on. Mm. So now they're like surrounded by like there's these vulture things that are flying around outside. There's human bones mm. everywhere, even in their cell. Right. So they basically stage this kind of like pretty, pretty crazy escape attempt, um, mm. which was a little nuts. And they decide that they're going to fly to the, well, yeah, they're literally going to fly because they're going to climb out and they're going to make their way to where these vultures are just flying around and quote unquote use them as hang gliders. Uh, Makes sense. Was, yeah. there, was there any was there any point where you were just like, I really hope that Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell <laughs> show up, show up and help this them out. This is the sequel. This is the sequel to Prison Break. That's funny <laughs> that we've been waiting for. Beast King Go Line Prison Break. Prison Break. I love it. Um, so that that gets a little crazy. Like, okay, that's your first kind of not your first mention because there's these giant robot beast things that are eating human flesh. But the the first time you see that there's kind of like some cartoonish quality to it is when they're flying. They're like grabbing hold of the vulture legs and like flying off to the uh where were they going the spaceport or the uh... well they were well before that before that dave the the biggest thing that they come across at this point is the first time that they reflect on the dead and pray they do pray. oh i missped that how did i miss that Mm -hmm. i don't know know. because there's a lot of praying there's a lot of praying a lot of prayer yeah i definitely missed that there's a lot of moments where so they they fly down and they are are, uh so this is the point where a hothead and uh and shorty shorty so hunk and pidge yeah Yeah. so hothead and uh get shorty 
uh, they they fall off of the vultures and they fall into this pit. Oh right. And there there are all those bones and skulls. That's right. And then uh, what was it? Uh, Akira jumps down and is just like, "Whoa, this is some shit." Yeah. And then just like he's just like, "Got to reflect on this. Rest in peace, everybody." You know. And then everybody else just kind of like looks at them and like hothead looks at them and just kind of like kind of kneels and just sort yeah. of like he sort of prays and he's just like, "Rest in peace, everybody." And you're like, "Wow, they're actually." acknowledging it yeah 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 and so all those things that sort of got glossed over in defenders of the universe all those things that you're just like no like you're in a like you're in a graveyard like you are in you are laying in bones right it's like now. grave planet yeah yeah exactly like you are like you are in an open tomb and it's just totally not mentioned in voltron and this one they're just like Guys, let's take a let's take a knee and talk about these people who passed away. And I mean, and that's crazy too. Like, but the fuck. the crazier thing to even think of is that like all the footage that we've seen in Beast King Go Lie in the first episode, there's maybe like five minutes of it total that's in the first episode of Voltron, yeah. and it's literally right. just them in the cell because everything else is just chopped up and chopped together from other episodes. Because right. this thing goes from them being in, we see the slaves, we see them in captivity, we see them escape. They make their way to one of Zarkon's ships and they actually like commandeer it. And it was pretty funny the way that they flew away in it because they just kind of mash on the dashboard until it starts flying away. That, that escape sequence yeah. is identical in the American and the Japanese version. And it's amazing because they, they steal, they hijack this transport ship that has sort of like a giant bone skull on yeah. the front of it. And they fight their way and to it, it too, which is pretty badass. Right. And so they, they, they get to this point, And so they've, they've stolen this ship and they're leaving this hangar. And in the American version, uh, you know, uh, was a hothead is just like, we should show Zarkon and they, we should show him what's going on. And so they smash into the building. Yeah. And in this one, they're just like, everybody hold on and prepare and brace for impact. Yeah. And you're like, all right, respect. And they just, but it's still the same. <laughs> it's still the same janky animation of this, like of the top of this ship with like a bone skull like a like the front of a road rules truck yeah. hitting hitting this building and knock but like it hits the building and the ship pauses for like a second it's like nope i'm going to continue uh, on i'm going to keep just going like yeah. goes through you're like oh i don't know that that's how trajectory and physics and momentum works but sure but i loved it though because in the original one whenever you see one of those gnarly looking road rules ships you know it's these bad guys and i had never connected that to it's actually our heroes that have commandeered the ship and are now flying it away right right right. i never mm-hmm. connect that because they just you can't tell from the exterior it just depends on what kind of like audio and dialogue you lay over it and what kind of context you give it so whenever we saw that shot in the original it was actually our guys who were supposed to be flying that <laughs> thing not the bad guys that's right. crazy so the the fun the fun thing is is that we uh we have this we have this moment where they they're getting shot down on that ship right. and i melanie you had a reaction to this so we've so at this point um we're we're ju- we're jumping ahead to where they've they're falling out of the sky, they've you know they're sort of gravitating towards this planet, and they're all talking about how they they're they're going to have to eject they're going to have to do an emergency eject from the ship, and they're sort of like figuring out where they're going to go, and then their seats just come up out of the ship, and you see this animation of the out the exterior of the ship. And then these four dining room chairs just like shoot out of the top of it. And then they're just tumbling through space. And it looks like a really shitty lazy boy chair is just like <laughs> flipping uncontrollably, like going wherever. I was just like, 
there's no protection from the the outdoors. Like you're barely strapped in. It's like a really dangerous Six Flags ride, and you just keep the best flying. Six Flags and then, ride ever. And it's it's exactly like that bad Superman ride at oh, yeah, the yeah. Six Flags in Jersey. I guess I don't know if they're everywhere, but anyway. So they're they're flying, and then they then they sort of crash land. But the, so this is that's that was like. The, the best thing to note is that's the identical same uh, animation sequence that they use in the American version too. Yeah. Like I love un, what they picked and chose to use, right? One of the unedited pieces that's yeah, so stupid. So is that does that pretty much bring us to the end of the first episode then? It brings us to the the castle, right? Which yeah, they're yeah. kind of like they're brought in by like a weird beam from the lion statue, yeah. right? Right. They kind of guide yeah. it into it, but that's pretty much well, where they're, we're they're, at. they're they're also brought in by that door sound effects. <laughs> oh no, we're you're skipping ahead now. Now you're going to the Well that's okay. If you guys want to jump ahead, we can we can talk the ruined phantom planet. Oh no, no, no. There was one thing I wanted to mention about their their shuttle ride, right? So okay. they actually address they're kinda of like trying to remember or trying to figure out what happened. Oh right. And this yeah. is when they actually address like what happened to Earth. So they literally mm-hmm. this is when the footage goes back to a ruined Earth. We had no idea it was Earth in the original um series. There is like a thermonuclear war. They literally say, oh, it was when all those nuclear missiles were flying around and it completely devastated and laid waste to the earth. And they say it kind of nonchalantly, but also like it's incredibly sadly. And then they show all that devastation that kind of happened. You're just like, what the fuck? This isn't, it's not even close to the same show. In the original, you think that Zarkon is the one who's done all of this stuff. To a foreign planet, to a planet you've never heard of. And then they they take the pains to say that, no, everybody's fine. They got to their shelters. They just, you can't see them right now. They're totally fine. Completely different setting in this one. It blew my mind. It was such such an actually crazy great reveal. I was like, what? Yeah. Because that is like you said, it sets the stakes. Like we've already had our planet wiped out. These guys have to do something to save the rest of the planets in the the galaxy. Right. Well, and so... And the, the brief thing I want to say is that I don't think it's clear who did this. And I think that Chief, what we see is that Chief is like, how could this have happened? Who is the man responsible for making this occur? And I'm like, I don't think that's how wars work, number one. But that's fine. And then, that's like, they're flying. Wars work. I guess so. So they're flying over Earth. And then... Uh, Diabetes comes in <laughs> and like s- snaps up their ship, and then that's how they end up in-, in captivity, is because they were like going back. So I don't really uh, know if Diabetes was responsible, but I'm maybe he, he probably is because he's fucking awful. I'm gonna say his so. name's Emperor Diabetes. I'm pretty sure. I think I think I think what he was actually doing was that he, it, from my recollection of the the episode, it was something that the United the planet Earth started their own World War Three. Right. And then Emperor Diabetes found out what was going on and just kind of like hung back right. for him, like a couple of days. Yeah, that's and why then everybody like... else like kind of destroyed themselves yeah. and was just like, gonna poach. Well, so I'm curious to Sla- see. If... Slaver's gonna slave. That's right. I'm, I'm curious to see if later we're gonna see who did start World War III on Earth. Um, but we don't, the first four I... episodes have nothing to do Look, with that. Look, let me put this in the airwaves right now. Emperor Diabetes, if you're listening, I will be a slave robeast. On your planet, I will eat slaves too. I know how to separate torsos from the arms and head. It's a you know, it's a common system here at the office. So we're already kind of on board. If you want to come pick us up before whoever lays waste to the planet, just putting it out there in the airwaves. We're we're good to go. It's, it's really funny that you mentioned all that, Dave, mm-hmm. because I saw that you had updated your LinkedIn to include all those skills. I did. And I endorsed you. Oh, for thank each you so much. No, I appreciate. Yeah, that. you're no, you're welcome, buddy. So hopefully we'll 
the signal will get out there and we'll be on the list. Nepotism. Hey, whatever. You know, <laughs> you got to eat slaves hey. too. You got to eat slaves too. Yeah, whatever gets you that job, buddy. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> All right. All right, so now What's this is where I'm hands off because you guys watched the next few episodes. So we've got uh, episode two is Ruined Phantom Planet. Right. Okay. So what craziness happens here? I'm, I, I have no clue what's going to happen next. We've already had nuclear holocaust, slaves, murder, cannibalism. It's crazy. So we've already had a couple of shots now of this planet that they've land on, landed on, which they keep telling us is called Altea. Altea. Yeah. Altea. We'll call it Altea. Sure. And we get this vision of a, or we get this view of a lion statue and a, and a castle. But that's not where they land. They land in sort of this desolate landscape. And uh, the five are like, oh, that was really tough. And like some of them are like buried deep in the sand and they pop up. And then all of a sudden these uh, arrows start getting shot out at them. And they're like deftly, you know, dodging all these arrows. And they look up and there's like arrows coming through out of this cave. And so um, Hothead, Meathead, whatever his name is, is like, fuck you guys, I'm going to come for you if you're going to come for us. And so he grabs one of the spears and starts running towards the cave. And then all the little things that are in the cave, and you can't really see, like, maybe they're people. Are they people? And they're running away. Do you want to know? I mean, we know. I know. Okay. I know <laughs> now. I know too. I just, I just will... love that in the, uh, the Voltron version, they're just sitting there and just like, whoa, guys, maybe we're friends. We're not trying to hurt you at all. And it's just like that super I, cartoonish pain in the I ass. I think maybe <laughs> Shorty or Moody is like, maybe they think we're food. Maybe they think we're, we're like they, animals. They dropped the word cannibalism at this they point. They did oh drop God. the word. There's a big discussion <laughs> of cannibalism here. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, maybe these beings are cannibals. They don't know. And then they make their way towards the castle pretty much after that. Right. And so they, they get to the castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see the same uh, giant lion statue with wings sort of over this huge archway, right. you know, as they, as they pass through. And they, they get really, really close. Now, here's what was very, very confusing is that as, they are cr- as the ship that they have stolen is descending to Altia, right. they see... They, they're getting pulled in by the statue, like by this stat- Voltron lion statue that's pulling them in. And as they're coming down, they see the princess and they also see Rybal standing on top of the stupid castle. Right. And they're like, we saw those two people back there. We should probably head to the castle and try to find out who they are. And you're like, why? What? Sure. How... Were you gonna go? What was your? What did you? What princess did you think? Princess? Oh, I was Falafel like, why? Are, like? Why are we going towards Princess Peach yeah, and exactly. one of one of JoJo's descendants? <laughs> like, what's going on? Throwback to JoJo's bizarre adventure. That's fantastic. <laughs> Don't tell me that guy does not look like. Whatever. He does. He really There's does. So many JoJo's. Oh, what was what was the other guy's name? What was the vampire it's dude's like name? Joseph Jonathan Jostar. Oh God, no, the other guy, the uh, D something. Dio. Dio. Good stuff. Oh man. Hey, let's get into it because I'm I'm now well into the third season of the oh show. Oh my god, <laughs> it's an addiction. It so fuels good. your addiction. So yeah, so they're gonna go they're gonna go meet the princess and and JoJo. So they are like they are like crash landing. They <laughs> they're crash landing and they see Casey Falafel and JoJo mm-hmm. and they're just like we need to we need to get to this location and then which is as they get there the drawbridge same as the American version lowers. Right. And they come up to the door, the main gate of the castle. And this, this moment was hilarious because I would have never picked this out. And it was not in the American version. 
But Melanie had the one of the best summaries of, of exactly what is going on in this moment. Like, Peter and John got their money's worth, or, or didn't take advantage, I guess, of the sound effects that was used for the door opening, which is like 30 seconds long. It feels like it's forever. I was like, they used that entire clip. They used the whole thing. Their intern couldn't like figure sl- out how to cut it, so they just used the whole thing. They were just like, guys, we got to animate the entire clip. So this is, this is the Japanese that? version. Oh so it's, just, it's this long ass. <laughs> and then you're just like, oh, it's done. And they're like, you're like oh, I'm going to wait for it. And then because it came in a set after they go through the door and the door closes, oh you get the. That's worth a watch right there. It was like a minute of this whole fucking show of them like walking in. It was insane. What? So they get in here, and I think one of the big differences is is that suddenly like they're they're being given, the, they're having this conversation about everything that's going on, and then all of a sudden Rival does something that seems very uncharacteristic, and so he he has like a, a staff, and it, and they are all still carrying the spears that Hothead had had caught oh, from the from cave. the yeah. the native Altians. And so, uh, at this point, suddenly, Rybolt just has this cane and just goes to strike Chief, like, for no reason. And he just, like, he puts his stick up and just catches it. And they're like, what did you do that for? And he's like, I had to make sure that you were serious about this. And I had to test your skill. And you're like, what? Well, at least Rybolt's it's better than really the American version what? when they were just like, hey, come on in. You're probably the guys we're looking for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it turns out we have five lions and five white guys just stumbled in. Coincidence? Yeah. It's a lot of inconsistencies, Rival. Oh, yeah? Is we, he as crazy we, yeah. as he was in the American version? Is he talking to himself? No, he's not talking to himself, but certainly uh, he... I think I'm unclear about what kind of power Rival has mm. in general. And so we see these moments where like, he's really testing the five where he, you know, he's like talking about how they're going to be the heroes and he's talking about the lore of the the go lion and how it like split into five and whatever. Because this is also I should say that this is the first time they're hearing of this right. story. So, you know, where... that that makes sense because what Sean had noticed before was that uh rival who was named Corin then in the American version was just kind of like he was like we've been waiting for you forever, but should I give them the keys to this? We have lions waiting for you, but should I give them the lions? And he kept going back and forth and like had this weird kind of like tete-a-tete with himself. But we thought it was maybe because in the Japanese version, he had a really long explanation of a mythology that he was just talking for a long time. So like he had this, in the American version, he has this apologia and just ends up looking like a coy doofus the entire time. Yeah, pretty much. So it is the same kind of thing? He's not talking to himself, and but there definitely is a a hesitancy... For a reason that is like not totally clear about um about 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 Aboot. letting them into the go lion mythos into the party. Yeah, I mean the the he's long basically story like the short, go lion bounce. He's the beast king bouncer. He's caught, but he is, and then he isn't okay. because really, like hmm. we're gonna build up to a moment where uh where Princess Falafel is basically just like, yeah, guys, let's do it. And then, then, then they just fucking do it. But after, Whoa, after a lot of protest. Yeah, and we'll get, and that's like three episodes. Oh, I thought later. you meant they all just like, we're like fucking 
<laughs> that's what you said. You're like, let's just fucking no do it. And I was like, oh wow, yeah. this this really is a different show from what it's I saw very, as a child. Very adult no. town. <laughs> so at this point, once they get all of the lore, uh, this is the end of episode two, where they're okay. introduced to the Voltron, uh, you know, mythos, and and they they learn about a uh, this thing that tried to fight God and and was punished. Well, and so, let me ask you this: Is it any cooler in the Japanese version? Like, do they have any other? Are there any other like? Additional things because I mean the whole thing from Voltron we never learned that this was like a sentient robot that tried to fight God and was punished so is there any right. other cool stuff that kind of comes from the Japanese version I mean I enjoy that they set it up as that go lion fights the goddess of the universe like it's not just God it's like I think the goddess of the universe is greater than God personally scandal just... you heard it here Let's bring the Jew on to the show and just <laughs> blow up religion. Um, just a disclaimer, neither Sean nor myself said that last day. <laughs> well, you have to realize that in the, the Voltron, the American Voltron version, the witch thing that is called Hagar yeah. creates an angel that then talks to Voltron, sentient robot, and is just like, come closer, and then curses him. Right. And so, very, very different legend. That's, that's the explanation that we, in the narration yeah. that takes about 30 seconds. <laughs> they that just gloss over the whole like, mythos of the creation of this thing. Yeah. But so we learn about, we learn about that mythos, and we learn about how the, the five lions are like split up all over Altia. And then we learn about how 15 years ago, Altia was attacked by uh, Diabesis right. and his troops. And like all these people were like the, the land was decimated, all this shit happened, stuff was burning. And then he pretty much ended Princess Falafel's father's life and his mother right. and her mother and like any other relatives. And um, Rybal scurried away with little teeny one year old uh, Princess Falafel and saved her. Right. And so now she's 16. She's coming into her own. She's not quite a girl and not yet a woman. She's Britney Spears in it up. <laughs> And uh, but she she doesn't crossroads it. She doesn't crossroads it. But she is crying uh, crystal glitter tears and is really hoping that the five guys are going to come on as the go lion heroes, basically. Okay. Well, they actually gave her a backstory in this one, which is phenomenal to hear. And so this was at the point that at the end of episode two, this is where I was not able to proceed any further. So, so it's, Melanie, it's a Melanie show from here on out. It's a Melanie show for Sorry, three, guys. episode three and four. No, this is great because I want to hear kind of, you know, the high level of kind of what happens. And then we can, Sean and I can just kind of been like, oh, that makes so much more sense than whatever the fuck happened yeah. in the American version. Okay, great. So what you got? So we get into episode three, which is called uh, Ghost and the Five Keys. Which, do you know the version that it was called in the uh, American version? The English version? No. Yeah, do you know, Sean? Yeah, Ghost and the Four Keys. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? That still yes. kills me. Yeah, we're not even making that up. That's legit. Well, that will make sense in a second, right. yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, so we, we sort of cut back to, uh, I was going to call him Basilbub this time, which is not the same. Uh, it's close. Diabesis. We cut back to Diabesis, who, like, at this point, you know, the, the five have crash landed onto Altia. And Diabesis is, like, trying to find their bodies because they know, like, that they stole a ship and all this stuff, and they can't find any bodies. And they're like, dude, this is fucked up. Like, there should be nobody on this planet. Why is this so hard? And that's when the um, sentient cat thing is like, 
oh, meow, 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 meow. And then the other guy's like, you know what? I think someone's trying to hide them. And this is where I, I earlier wanted to set up the, the relationship between the, the creepy demon cat and the sort of advisor because they're really telling Diabetes how to do his job. Oh, yeah. Wow. They're doing that suggestive thing, which is like, don't you normally double check to make sure your, do- your job is done? And Diabetes is like, yeah, I should double check to make sure I did the job right. They're basically like so the then- Starscream to Megatron. They're like, they're kind of vying for some more power, but at the same time, yeah. like, they're not real happy about where they are yet. Or they're just really, truly in power, and it's just a, it's a shadow puppet government. Possible. Thing. Possible. We just don't know. Okay. So, so then Diabetes has, has sent uh, already, like, his captain with the swoopy eye patch thing right. has already, like, gone out to look for them but can't find them. So then uh, the sentient cat is like, meow, 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 you should send a demon thing. What are they called? Again? Death, uh, Death Black Beastman down to Altia to, like, just make sure the job is done. Sure. And that's when the Death Black Beastman gets packed up in the craziest, yes. like, airship coffin. I love the space coffin. Airship space coffin. Because they it's show like, it in the um, American version, but they don't really, like, focus on it too much because they don't want to be like, mm, it's a space coffin. But they show it from, like, the side. <laughs> I love this version, though, because they're just like, yeah, fuck yeah, full-on space coffin. I'm glad that they thought that the coffin was the fastest mode of transportation in this moment, so that's all I can say about that. So anyway, so they do that, um, and then uh, cut back to Altia and Rybal and the and Princess Falafel and um, the five are talking about how to move with Go Lion, okay. and they're like, "Okay, great. So in order to operate the five lions, there are keys, right? As you do that, cool. we have to, yeah, because you gotta have a key to put into the ignition. They're not even like the remote entry or like the you know the fob keys or anything. They're like legit, no. yeah, magic keys. And more importantly. Where, what's the location, the clear location to keep your keys uh, with you on your dead body? That's the only yeah. place oh, neat. To, to leave them. Yeah, it's neat and fun. Um, on, on the king, yeah. right? On the dead king? Yeah. Okay. So they're on the dead king. Um, so we're all going to the dead king, and Rybal is like, Princess, you can't come with us because I don't want you to see your father's remains. And she's like, I mean, I'm a girl, so I should be able to see my dad's remains. Can, I don't understand. Can, I'm actually, an adult. Can I just say can I actually, want Mel to translate every future episode because this is amazing. <laughs> I love her cat noises and her princess voice. Mel's, Mel's a permanent installation from now on. So th- th- that actually tracks rather well because in the American version, uh, Rival is just like, uh, you shouldn't go see your father. It's just going to bring sorrow right. and sadness to you. And she's like, I actually take uh, comfort and strength from knowing that my father is in a better place right now. And Rybald's response in the American version is like, oh. <laughs> and she just like rides in the elevator down to the tomb. No, there is. So <laughs> that's like it. No, so we take this moment for Rybald to be like, let me really explain why you shouldn't see your dad. And then I've been doing stuff to him. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking his cold, dead corpse. So we get this cut back to the past, to 15 years in the past, and um, Diabetes is talking to a King Falafel. I guess I'm just going to sure. call him King yeah, Falafel. Sure. Falafel. Sure, and Queen Falafel. And they're like protesting about, you know, you're a garbage human, Diabetes. Why are you even doing this? And he's like, fuck you, bitches. 
And then he beheads them. Wow. Whoa. He beheads the whole what? family. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Whoa. <laughs> I knew there so was the like reason... bad blood between them and that uh, the king in various versions has like died at Diabetes' hands. I did not know he and Lady Falafel were beheaded, however. Holy That's fine. They, were, they were beheaded. So, so uh, Rybal is like, I really don't want you to see the severed head of your father, sure. which is fair. What? Yeah, which is fair. All right. Legit. And so she's like, and that's when she says kind of the same thing. Like, I take strength knowing that my father died for justice or something like that. Um, so then they go down into, as I think maybe you mentioned this, and I'm not sure, surprisingly technologically advanced um, space tube thing. Yeah. And they go down, down, down into the earth. And the five is... You know, what's great about this is that this show is very self-aware because the five are like, so the planet was decimated, but this works really well. And, and then Rybal says like, oh, well, the king kind of knew that like shit was going south for the winter. So he really like fortified this castle in an yeah. amazing way. And they were like, oh, that makes sense. And I was like, oh, yeah, that does make sense. Sure. So they go down. <laughs> And that's when we move mythologies from Greek and Roman into Egyptian because the king is kept in this like sarcophagus looking tome thing. Probably a space coffin. Probably a space coffin and has these um, five boxes placed around him. But space coffagus. Space coffagus. Nicely done. Gold star for you. Ooh, portmanteaued that. Points. Um, So we see then that one of the boxes is empty. Uh, Problems. When you, say, when you say boxes, are these just like other big sarcophagi that are sitting next to him, or are they just little nope. like, trinket boxes? Inside the sarcophagus is uh, five cushioned like ring boxes uh, like, like that have box. the key. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Except one of the keys is missing. Oh, shit. The key to the black, the black line is missing. Of course, always the black. Um, and that's when, that's when Shorty, I think that's the moment when Shorty's like, I'm going to go look for him because I have ninja skills. I'm descended from ninjas. Woo. And then just, yeah, that's how, that's how come Shorty can jump so well. Did he actually say I'm descended from ninjas? Yeah, that's what he says. Oh shit. No, I'm serious. Are you fucking kidding me? It's in his bio on Wikipedia (laughs) too. I'm looking at it right now. Hiroshi graduated from the academy at a young age, and his specialty is science. Like the others, he is well-trained in martial arts and uses his size and agility to his advantage, owing to his ninja lineage. <laughs> he's a oh ninja. He's a ninja. Ninja Pidge. Um, Pinja. So, Shor- so Shorty goes off. Yes. So Shorty goes off. And something that we should mention before we go further with this is uh, there are these... Four, four little uh, mice characters yeah. that we see pop up randomly throughout the show. And at first, they're just sort of like observing and they're just sort of serving as like a Greek chorus. And they're just like, me, 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 me. And they're scurrying around and doing dumb things. But uh, at one point, as Shorty is on his way out, uh, he trips and the mice kind of like run over him. He's like, I'm going to eat you, motherfuckers. And then just like gets up and keeps running. And I was like, why would you eat those mice? That is a very different way. It's a very, very different story. Um, so at this point, we're kind, I think, uh, I'm, I'm not really sure where the line happened between episode. Like three and four. Three and four. Um, Should I just keep going? Or do you have any, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's fine. I, I have a quick question, though. Are we at the part yet? There's one part, well, many parts, in the American version that never made sense to me, where it's like Hidge 
for whatever reason, the little green guy, Shorty, who's a ninja apparently, is like standing on the back of like a shuttle, but then just falls to the ground and everybody kind of like laughs at him. And there's another moment where he's like up on top of a little tower and he just like tackles people. Jumps on people? Jumps and tackles. Is this in the desert? Mm, no. No, this was outside. Or sorry, this was inside the castle. It was like in the command center. Yeah. Like in the, the HQ command he's center. He's like dicking for, around. For They're all trying to like, we're like, oh man, we're really trying to find that that fifth line and he's just like hiding from people and diving on them and then just like falling over no. and people are laughing. No, he pretty much like just gets pleasure. out to go find the key. So uh, like he thinks the key is out there in the world so he like goes into the world to find the key. So they must have taken then, this scene from like just some random moment and just used the filler because it makes zero yeah, sense. I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Um, but so they're, they're all, oh, I guess they were given their, uh, their suits their and stuff. Yeah. And they have that, that cool outfits. establishing shot where it's just like a solid, like a one paint and they just pan yeah. back mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have that. That are nice. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know what that is. So Shorty's out into the world looking for the key and it happens upon, um, Diabesis' uh, troops because at right. this point there's like tons of troops right. and somewhere out there the, the beast mode death viper whatever the fuck it's called beast mode death, death thing viper. got it <laughs> whatever. yep uh death alien is uh somewhere out there sleeping in its little coffin right and we just call uh, so i like the american version is a row beast because it's like a robot beast i didn't think they were robots uh, they're so here again they're robots in the american version because you can kill robots at will and you're not killing sentient life forms it's like why gi joe had something called bats which they were just like these random robots that you could just target and shoot and pick them off, yeah. and it was like they were like stormtroopers. Yeah, oh. you know, like they're nameless, they're faceless. Stormtroopers oh. are the yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, yep. you just kill as many as you want. Yeah, like the clay ninjas and Power Rangers. Yeah, putties. Exactly. Putties, putties. Thank you. Exactly. Same. Okay, so Shorty is out, and then Shorty gets in trouble. Right. Clearly, because Shorty. I mean, Shorty's handling himself pretty well, but then like he goes down. And they, they see this somehow from the control tower, and the four that are remaining are pleading with rival, like, please, you need to deploy Go Lion, like, right now. We need to, like, fight back, and you gotta deploy Go Lion. And they're like, and he, as a viewer, I'm like, guys, he just told us that in order to operate the Lions, we need all five keys. Were you not we don't listening? have all five. Like, we're we all not listening. And they're just, like, pleading with him, like, please. You need to deploy Go Lion. And they're the guys not saying anything. Like, Rival's like not saying anything. The princess is like big eyes, crystal tears sure. of whatever, you know. And then he goes, okay. Okay. And then <laughs> like the four of them, the, the four of them take the keys that are <laughs> remaining that. and they He's get into like, their hey. lions. All right, let's go. So I'm going to talk quickly about uh, the way that they get to the lions. Because let me tell you, it is the fastest it's hour. The it's got to be the same. Gotta it's be the, the quickest same. hour I've ever seen where they like get into a pod, like they all get into individual pods yep. and are shot off in a series of underground tubes yep. across Altia yep. that get them to the lion and then it sucks them up inside of the lion. Yep. I'm just like, this must take fucking forever. <laughs> How is this efficient at all? Like just put them in a garage. Just like... You have all the space, get a garage, put all your lions in a garage. They can each have their own parking That's space right. and water bowl or whatever robot lions oh, need. A little bowl and of oil. 
Just keep it in one fucking place, man. I love that, though, Don't because it was like, them. oh, we got to bury this one at the bottom of the ocean, and this one goes in the volcano. <laughs> this one's out in the Lava desert. Pit. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good stuff. One goes into a forest. forest. Yeah. Which isn't really that covert. No, that He's guy's like got the light. He's just like rusting <laughs> yeah, and just, just covered like in vines. Yeah. yeah. Some of them are like inside like, statues. It's very weird. So then they. So they so they're all in in the lions. They're not quite go lion because they cannot be nope. because they need all fucking five lions to be go lion. That's right. And they they go out to try to find Shorty. Meanwhile, Shorty is picked up by some of the unknown survivors of the Altia catastrophe. Okay, that makes um, more sense. This is this is this is tracking That's along with the American yeah. version. And so they're brought in. Apparently, they have no more ability to speak oh. because they're not saying. I don't actually know they, if this is true. They do that in the American version because they're like, they, at one point, he just goes, we got to go back out there. And the guy just looks at him and goes, that's really and just weird. shakes they his just, head. And you're like, what the fuck? He's shaking his head. Yeah. They, they, just, they, just, don't, they just don't really say anything. Yeah. And so Shorty is like trying to figure out how to get back to the guys to like help him. And the guys are trying to fight back against the, um, Robies. the name of this thing, the Death Black Beastmen. Yeah. That has now woken up out of its coffin and is just destroying it. Let everybody. me ask you a like question. Does it have giant pointy tits? Oh, yeah. Just making sure. It's Madonna. Madonna. <laughs> just yep. making sure. Madonna all over the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> giant pointy tits. Um, so they're losing miserably, and then they all get, like, swacked away, and then they're sort of lying. Fun, um, in, yes. fun fact. Uh, giant pointy tits monster, same in both versions. Apparently, we did not yeah. feel the need to hide that from kids. Yeah. No, we really we needed that shiny pointy tits just monster. One, just wanted to point that out. <laughs> so go ahead. So they're Who is, the United States was totally cool with that. We're just like more, more, more yeah. shiny more tits Madonna monsters. monsters. Yeah. So the tit monster just sort of thwacks them. They land in the sand. They're down for the count, and the princess is crying her crystal tears oh. again. And Rival's like, I knew I shouldn't have let them go. It was too soon. Oh no! And then <laughs> Shorty is um. Shorty is like freaking out, seeing what's going on, and then one of the Altia survivors with like a got like a torch, and he like just holds onto Shorty, and is I think he may have said come here, but I, it was unclear. I was like more than a beer in at this point, mm. so I'm not really sure what happened. But then he leads him through this cave, and it's just like cave, 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 cave. We're just like where the fuck are we going? And then he's just like that way. I know he says that he's like that. And then Shorty sort of walks up and over this thing, and he's back at the castle. Yo, that, is, that makes somewhat more sense than the one that we watched, because at one point, this guy is just like, I have to go back to my cave people now, and just turns around yep. and walks away. Like the weird, yeah, He doesn't weird. tell him anything. He's like, gotta go back to my cave people. Oh my All right, God. let's fuck off. Literally the line that he uses. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, that boy. bad. I don't think he actually says anything mm, like that. He should have stuck that like, way with the American version. My cave like, people. So See at, at this point... How do they? How do they finally get the the fifth? This is what I, right. this is sure. what I want to know. I want to see if this it makes I, any more sense. Know. So sh- I'm gonna jump quickly. Sure. So Shorty gets everybody to come back by basically just screaming into a microphone all of their nicknames, and then they wake <laughs> up. That's kind of what happens to the American version. They wake up and then they all come back with their lions, and uh, I'm not really sure who has the idea, but someone's like, you know, who's really who's done this it's the fucking mice the mice have taken the final key so did they did they so, look at the coffin at this point they had 
they had well they knew the coffin was missing a key. oh yeah and they they saw like there was a hole okay in the coffin. so they did go there first okay, okay. all right yeah all right. they they knew there was a hole in the coffin that was similar to the other holes that they had seen the mice come in and out of throughout the castle uh, so okay they they're like they round up the mice um and they put them in a box and the princess is like, no, stop, don't hurt the mice, because the two mice are my best friends. And then we cut back to the scene. Let me tell you. Fuck, I mean, I don't know if you guys got this scene of ridiculousness. Where we did. We did. Tiny princess is, Princess Falafel is crying tears of Baba Ganoush. She's <laughs> a delicious date. <laughs> and these little mice are like, me, 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 me. And they're like, don't worry, princess. We love Apparently you. Apparently, their names are uh, Platt and Chuchul or Chuchule. Yeah, I don't even know. Chinchilla? Chinchilla. It was like Plate said, and Chinchilla? Plate, Plate and Chinchilla. For your Babaganu. Okay, good. For your Babaganu. And um, they're like, don't worry. And then they put on <laughs> French made costumes. Yeah. Yep. And they do the can can. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we kept that we in got that for too. whatever reason. Full on, and it just, and again, this is an instance where that intern would not let that clip die. He's like, guys, this is just how I downloaded it. We have to play the whole thing. So this dance scene went on for what felt like forever, and the princess is like, yay, weird mice in a country that I don't know because I'm not on Earth. Yay. How was she? How was nobody there just like mice? This is not the fucking time. Where is the key? I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring key. that space cat in here. I'm gonna tear you up. <laughs> so then the princess is like, "Did you guys do this? Did you take the key?" And the mouse is just like, "Meep meep." And then you like the there's a caption bubble over the mouse is just like, "So sorry, princess. Didn't know it was yours." Talking what? mice. I love it. Yeah. So they do actually so, talk. So she's not so just then a crazy they, person. No. So Jeez. then they bring the key out, and then they have all five keys. Nice. And then um. Shit's getting really bad because you can take, um, because then because then the the diabetes troops are like closing right. it. They're closing in on the on the castle. Shit's getting bad. Like uh, the other thing I should have mentioned is that they they deploy some um, order, which is just basically like order shoot anything that it moves. Fun. So they're just like destroying natural wildlife on Altia. Like there are these are they like shooting snakes. Yeah, they're shooting those snakes. Three snakes. Three damn snakes. So they're just like shooting snakes. But so they're closing in and they, you know, the situations become very dire. And so again, the five are like, please, rival, can we deploy the go lion? Please, can we deploy the go lion? And rival is like looking very concerned. He's like, you guys need training. If you know, if you went now, it wouldn't work. Like, you just can't do it. And then the princess is, it, as I mentioned, however many minutes ago, yes, let's do it. And then they, apparently she's got all the power that is necessary. Then they hop and they take hours to prepare and shoot down to the tubes and get into their lions. Hold on, and then hold they on, try hold on. To they go put fight. the damn lions yes. back. When he, uh, apparent, yes, because they were brought back when Shorty was like screaming their names at, in the control hey, panel. Fuck, you put them back in the in the volcano. That's how. That's where they park. Oh boy! I mean, that's I'm sure insane. they did in the American version too. I just never connected the fact that they like can just park them outside somewhere. No, you can, they park them in the same <laughs> spot. They park, they park them in that hole that's on the side of the castle. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. That they just got oh, blown up. Oh my god! Up. 
<laughs> we got a so, new garage right over here where Zarkon's forces blew, <laughs> blew a hole in our castle. Oh, boy. <laughs> so then they all get into their lions, nice. and then they go after the death beast monster thing yeah. with zero strategy, which, of course, they're going to get defeated. So they... There's like a series of things. There's like an epic battle scene that happens, but I'll spare everybody the details because it's dumb. And in the <laughs> they end, kept, they, they kept turn that into from the American one. All the all the lions kind of going after it and just randomly biting pieces of it. Yeah, yeah, they're trying. They don't even get close, and they just get swatted off by the line. Because again, like they're not. There's no strategy here. They're not like distracting the beast and then trying to go after him when he's distracted. Like just nothing. They're just like aimlessly just headbutting his stomach, which is going to do zero things. Um, and then there's something where they're like flying up into the sky and a beast, the beast is really lazy, by the way, the beast doesn't really do much except for shoot like hot molten blue lava shots at them, which like makes them really hot. Yeah. Yeah. Makes them really, really hot. And they're just like, Oh, the hot, it's too much hot. And then, but if they just hold off, like if they can just hold on, then the hot goes away and they're totally fine. Too much hot. I like it. (laughs) So... So they do this a few times, like a few rounds of getting too hot and sure. being like, oh, you just have to withstand it. And then finally, the third time, because rule of threes, they um, all make it through and then they turn into Go Lion and it's very epic. And they do the one and one and one and one makes whatever. Go Lion. Hold on. So that's their form up <laughs> song? Is yeah. that plus one? Three really? Plus one again? Yeah. Plus one. Uh, plus one. Plus one. I didn't know that was their form-up song. I thought it was just like a theme song. I didn't song. know that either. I don't know if I, I like that. The... It may have just been the first time. You know how like mm. when the first time the team gets together, they like play the theme song? Mm. For these shows, they might do that every single time because Idiot Keith says the same damn thing about dinotherms and infracells every time. Jesus, yeah. And I'll form the means. head. Shut up, Keith. <laughs> oh, they don't say anything. They just it's just the theme song plays again. Don't say anything. <laughs> and then uh Go Lion defeats the fuck out of the beast. Does he form Blazing Sword? Yes, he does form the Blazing nice. Sword. That's all I want. And then just cuts that you fucker know, gets in him, half. cuts him down. Yeah. Cuts him down. And then that's it. That's that's the episode. That's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. Hmm. That's actually not yeah. too far off. Once we once we kind of got into the yeah the meat of the third and fourth, you know, once we got past the thermonuclear holocaust and the slaving, and the murders and the cannibals, uh, it yeah. kind of it, it kind of evened out. It seemed like the what, what the big difference was between the American and the Japanese version was sort of the backstory yes. and the premise yeah. that they build into it. But once it kind of hits that them getting to the castle, the trajectory is is very is very similar. Mm-hmm. What would you say like? Mel, what would you say the tone of the four episodes was? If there was like one specific tone that kind of comes to mind with this origin story, what would you say it was? Or as far as like, um, you know, did it lean more serious? Did it have comedic moments? Was it cartoonish versus just kind of like an animated story for an older audience? I felt like it was sort of well balanced. Oh, okay. I mean, it had its it had its comedic moments. I feel like. Hothead and Shorty really bring that levity to the show sure. a little bit. And then, like, occasionally Moody has, like, something, and then they all, like, rib Moody for being dumb. Um, I mean, because he is sure. a dummy. <laughs> dumb, dumb, dummy. Um, but overall, it's, like, really serious origin story, serious, serious stakes. And it's, I think, there's no confusing how serious the stakes are in terms of the way that they have to battle diabetes because like he's a hitler yeah. 
He's just Basically. causing constant holocausts all over the place and then is enslaving people and then eating them. So it's like, you re- like we have to fucking destroy this would guy. You, and that's you, really I think, clear. I think it's safe to say worse than Hitler. Yeah. Worse than, worse than, I'm going to say worse claim. than Hitler. Emperor diabetes. Definitely worse than mm. Yeah. Exterminating um, whole planets, enslaving whoever's left, and then eating whatever's left from them. That's pretty... I mean, it's efficient. I do appreciate his efficiency. Uh, pretty grotesque, however. Yeah. Good systems, brain. Yeah. Poor, ex- poor execution. Yeah. Poor execution. Waste not, want not. Uh, okay, let's start with Mel, since this is the first time you've watched any Voltron stuff. Do you recommend this for our listeners out there? Beast King, go lion. Uh, I, I don't know if I would recommend this. I would mean, you say five-year-olds should watch this? No, oh, okay. absolutely don't. Not what I expect. Absolutely don't watch this. I think uh, I had a hard time with it because it is, I feel, so 80s that I thought it was made in the 70s. Fair. Which, I mean, I don't know if that's a thing, I mean, but I just 81, made it a thing. it was 81, so pretty close. Oh, okay. I thought it was closer to mid 80s. So it was, it was released 84 in the United States. Oh, okay. Once they, once they chopped it, it was originally created it. in 81. Yeah, it back so up. it makes more sense. It makes more sense that it felt very 70s because so it animation wise, it wasn't that great. The story is really it is interesting. Like I'll give it that, but do I feel like I need to go watch what else happens? No. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty good. Okay. Sean, buddy, how about you? How do you feel about Beast King Go Lion? You know, I'm actually kind of curious to now dig in on that episode five of Beast King Go Lion to see kind of what else happens and if that tone remains consistent. Uh, You know, it definitely seems like the the tone was was way more serious. There were way more stakes than the the U.S. version. And for that alone, I think I would recommend this over Defenders of the Universe. Uh, and so I'm kind of curious to see what direction this does go and if it's something that they continue to take it so seriously. And, you know, if they're I'd actually like to see an episode listing and kind of get a, a little bit more of a summary of sort of what some of the plot arcs are. Um, but I could see myself actually picking up a couple episodes of these and, and finding some more on YouTube and, and watching those. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, uh, being a big fan of Voltron from a kid and then watching it now and kind of fall short of what you expect it to be. This was definitely closer to what I wanted from the show i guess no i agree and it's just i'm blown away by how like mature the the themes and stuff are especially in a post-world war ii japan coming out with the stories of like the nuclear identity and all this kind of you know post-nuclear guilt kind of stuff and uh all those all those themes you want to draw you know that's been done a, a million times from godzilla on to up to akira and up to you know modern uh present day stuff so there's a lot of interesting thematic elements in there too that definitely like were just whitewashed out of the american version um probably for the best but definitely left a lot uh lost in translation so yeah i'm looking forward to checking out some more of these but um hopefully you guys will too and let us know out there on our facebook page youtube account gmail if you want let us know uh your favorite voltron series there are more series out there there's like third generation there's voltron force both of which i don't think people really like all that much uh, there's some rough stuff out there. We we dodged a bullet on this one. And we don't watch those yet. Yeah. Maybe in the future. <clears throat> maybe in the future. Maybe when uh maybe when a uh, season two of Voltron yeah premieres on Netflix, we'll go back and watch some of these these other lesser known Voltron we'll versions. Watch, which yeah, we'll watch the I've watched, Ram. I know I've watched the one that's all CG CGI, and it is 
really, really I think bad that's like third guys. generation. It looks really bad. It just it's looked so offensive t- to my eyes. So terrible. We uh, we'll have to go back if we do that. Okay, we'll watch third generation Voltron Force, and we'll watch that Die Ruger fifteen. Maybe we'll go back and watch that original one. Oh, I'd like to. I'd like to watch that All right, too. Cool. It's the original vehicle Voltron. Yeah, he's like so like a mobile platform, <laughs> like a mobile city. I- yeah. Don't even know. He's a mo- he's, at that point, he's just a mobile phone. Yeah, he's just a giant. <laughs> he's the first mobile phone. Uh, so that'll be next year. <laughs> this time on Saturday morning. <laughs> Damn it. Just one- Something to look forward to. Yeah. Episode 157. Holy crap. Uh, so, oh, Mel, I want to say thank you very mm-hmm. much for uh, coming on the show again and bringing your yes, thank expertise, you. your demon cat impressions, and your princess voice. You're welcome. Really do appreciate that. We hope to have you back again sometime soon. <laughs> Maybe. Ugh. Is there <laughs> is there anything that you would like to specifically plug and where could people find you on social media? Uh nothing specific, but if you are in the DC area this summer, there is so much good theater that is happening and you guys have to go see it right now. Like I'm totally serious. There's just so much that's going on. Capital Fringe Festival starts July seventh and runs through the thirty first, so everybody should go check that out. Capitalfringe.org. It's what I'm obligated to say, so I'm gonna say it. Um, and you can all find me on the Instagrams at Melanie Gwynn, G-W-Y-N-N-E. And uh, you can find me on the Twitters by the same name. Uh, and that's, that's all me. You can see all these awesome pictures that uh, we took from Iceland. We just got back from Iceland not too long ago. So you can go back in the archives and take a look at those. <laughs> Sean, how about you? Oh, well, uh, you can find me... Uh, as always, I'll be performing as a part of Washington Improv Theater, and you can find and check out tickets and sales. We're going to be doing a lot of shows during the month of July that are going to be at the Source Theater. And as always, tickets are there at witdc.org, and I will always be performing with Knock. That's N-O-X exclamation point. Uh, also, I organize and am producing a festival Ooh, that is going on in the D.C. area. It is called the District Improv Festival. It'll be premiering later this year, but I, I figure I should probably kind of chat and talk about it a little bit now. Exclusive. Um, you, if you are an improv troupe or are a member of an improv troupe, you are welcome to submit to this festival. We would love to have you. Submissions are going to be closing at the end of June. and The festival goes on uh, in November. It'll be in November 9th to the 12th. And we have a fantastic headliner that's from L.A., as well as also from, uh, from Chicago that is called Dummy. It is a duo-prov. Uh, they are phenomenal and fantastic, and we're super excited to have them. So you can check out more information on that, and that is at districtimprov.org. And, as always, you can find me on the Twitters and the Instagrams at Sean Paul Ellis for more pictures on Iceland. <laughs> That's super cool, Matt. Congratulations. <laughs> I don't know you guys had that Thank going you. on. That, that's really cool to hear. I mean, I totally yeah. knew all about it, and we're happy to be a sponsor, question mark? Yeah, we're, we, we, will, we will actually be uh, a donor on the, donator, or on the donation board, so Neat. people will have an opportunity to, to see and get an opportunity. We will be making a nice little donation on behalf. Very cool. And if that was a lot of information for you guys, don't worry about it. We will have it over on our webpage, um, and we'll tell you about that in one second. As for me, uh, you can find me over at Collider.com. You can also find me on Nerdist.com, where I'm a freelance science writer. You can also check out my own handiwork over at DaveTrumbor.com if you're interested in some of my short fiction. If you want to know more about Saturday Morning Cartoons, you can check out our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's morning with a U. Check us out on Twitter, at MorningTunes. Check out more of Sean's handiwork over on our Tumblr page, SaturdayMorningCartoons.tumblr.com. 
you guys have been great on our Facebook pages and uh, YouTube accounts, so please keep that up. We really do appreciate it, and it uh, just kind of makes us feel good when you see all those likes and shares going up there. So, And your comments, too. We love talking to you guys. That's, that's really the best way to get in touch with us and to keep the love going. Uh, you can also listen to our podcast each and every week for free through iTunes and Stitcher. And if you'd like to drop us a line or suggest a cartoon for a future episode, drop us an email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. That's going to wrap it up for Mel, Sean, and myself, as well as for Voltron for this month. Hope you guys have been enjoying the, uh, the Netflix series. Let us know uh, how you think about that one. Let us know if you prefer the American Voltron over the Japanese one. Let us know if we ruined your childhood or improved it or saved you. And anything else. Pretty much anything <laughs> that comes across your mind, just let us know. Uh, any final thoughts from you guys for Voltron month? Uh, no, this is uh, this was interesting to kind of get back into one of the one of the shows that sort of was the the genesis for this entire podcast, yeah. or at least helped me coin some of the nostalgic terms and phrases for this. So this was uh, this was a pleasure and a disappointment, <laughs> as always. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we could introduce Mel to this one too. So congrats, Mel. You can yeah, let absolutely. me let me know in the comments on a scale from one to ten how much I've disappointed you with my uh, <laughs> with my dissection of this show. No, we appreciate it though. Because now you can scratch this one off your list. And you can scratch this episode off your list because we're all done. Thank you guys for listening so much. Until next time, this has been Saturday Morning Cartoons. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. <laughs>